Matthew Baxley. Joe Fredericks? Remember when you went wild ice skating in the Boundary Waters a few years ago? I'll never forget it. Well, you made that. I won't either because you made a video out of it for your production company that you have. That's exactly right. Bear Witness Media. Bear Witness Media. Actually, it's good to talk about it for a quick second because most people don't know that uh, all the work that I do for this radio station, WTIP, goes through my media company, Bear Witness Media. And Wild Ice was kind of the flagship film that uh, I made and it went to a film festival. Yeah, it was shown all over the place, different states and viewed many, many times. You've got a YouTube channel for the business too. Yeah, folks want to check out the videos, you can just search for Bear Witness Media on YouTube or actually WTIP. Many of our listeners also listen to the radio station. Should go to WTIP.org and check out the videos there. Because I would say a good portion of those were produced by Bear Witness Media. Nice. Well, you are podcast host, entrepreneur. Once you learn to be a spirited angler, we'll really be close friends. (laughs) (laughs) I got a long ways to go for that. Bear Witness Media. You've got a website. Oh, yeah, bearwitnessmedia.com. And actually, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, trailer uh, on the YouTube channel for Rainbows in the Wilderness, which is an awesome film that's submitted to many festivals. Go check out the trailer. Uh, Maybe it'll come to a festival near you. All right. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters. And it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 94 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. Joe Fredericks. Ah, Matthew Baxley. We are in the thick. Of summer. Bugs. Heat. Plants. Berries. Yes. Mm, Now we're talking. Nice positive pivot on that. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear about some of those in today's episode. We're going to hear about a lot of stuff. Uh, You know, we on the podcast have a tendency to, if I can call us out here, glorify the Boundary Waters. It is glorious. (laughs) See, there you go again. I can't help it. (laughs) It's an amazing place. (laughs) Obviously, that's that's why we started the podcast. That remains the core of it. We're celebrating this magical wilderness area. There's a butt coming. Sometimes I think we can, I can expect too much. From the wilderness. I've been having a rough go of it uh, in the early part of July. I got COVID for one thing. It was brutal. You, you looked 
pretty rough. It put me down. I mean, it was no joke. I was sick. It lasted a long time, a better part of a week. It just took the wind out of my sails, for sure. And then in the middle of the season that you love to be out and about, you were not out and about. Not at all. I didn't leave the property for a week, basically. And before that, I'd been on this awesome road trip. But, you know, I hadn't gone to the Boundary Waters in three more than three weeks. That's a long stretch of time for me. Yes, it is. So I was just kind of slumming around, not feeling so good. And I thought, I'm going to the Boundary Waters. That'll fix me. I, I remember. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Sometimes I, I put too much on it because like the fishing that night uh, was, maybe wasn't what I thought. And it just was like I thought I'd be fixed from everything by going paddling in the Boundary Waters. The reality is that we take ourselves in with us. And that's complicated. It can be. And, you know, somebody who spends a lot more time than us in there and has to constantly on a day-to-day address how they're feeling and how they're doing is the barefoot paddler. Mark Zimmer. He's back. Welcome back, Mark. (laughs) One of my heroes. So we're going to hear from the barefoot paddler. And later on in the episode, we'll hear a little bit more about my experience uh, in COVID and getting out into the woods with that situation. But... Let's turn it over to the Barefoot Paddler. We're here today with Mark Zimmer. You know him on the podcast as the Barefoot Paddler. He's in for a resupply and to share some news with us here on the podcast. Mark, always a pleasure to see you. Nice to see you too. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. You become one of Matthew and I's favorite guests on the podcast without question i mean just the fact you're the barefoot paddler and that you live in the boundary waters from ice out you know mid-may early may to fall september october whenever you feel kind of like going home and then you do some work construction typically over the winter months and come back in the spring again so that's who you are mark you can uh, hear more about mark's background and his experiences uh, from the past in the Boundary Waters, essentially living out there in the summer on previous episodes. We're going to talk today about an absolute achievement that happened to you this paddling season in 2023. You completed all of the portages in the Boundary Waters. Absolutely epic. What You did it. I mean, congratulations. And, and tell us about uh, the last portage in that day of, of completing all the portages. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, it's great to be done. You know, I'm glad I did it. Lots of beautiful places. Um, the final day was from Gunflint Lake uh, over to north and then south uh, over to Rat Lake. And then I had planned on going through uh, Rose up the stairway portage at the end, but then for some reason I changed my mind and then I took the South Lake Trail back over to Port- uh, to Partridge Lake, uh, which had a, you know, a few trees down, but you know, it was a good, it was a good finale, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I always kind of want to end it on a great note, right, so, I mean, that was a little better than just going through what I had planned, you know, so, yeah, it turned out great, Uh, and then my mom was there, Uh, she came to visit me uh, at the end to to see it with me, which was pretty special, you know, because, I mean, it's, I feel like it was a pretty cool accomplishment. So, what was the actual last portage, then, was it when you're on Partridge Lake, which is south of South Lake, and west of duncan lake 
for reference for our listeners north of Poplar, north side of the Gunflint. What was the last portage? So technically the last portage, like the maintained, because I, I have completed all the maintained portages, which there's probably a little under 1,000 total. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the last maintained portage I did was actually to Rat Lake from Rat to um, to Rose. Um, which is that little short one there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I turned around and then, cause I knew that the South Lake trail was there. So I was like, Hey, you know what? You can technically take it to get from South Lake to Partridge, you know? So you gotta, you gotta know if it's passable, right? So there's only one way to find out, which is what I found out with all the other portages that I went through. And, uh, yeah, so I got, um, total, I've got, you know, a little over a thousand some trails. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great way to end it. <laughs> so where'd you pop out to meet your mom? Uh, if you're on Partridge, you come out Duncan then? Yeah. Yep. Duncan and then what, south Thursday? of that. Yeah. 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 All right. So then, uh, what happened? You celebrate the occasion and go get a bite to eat or some dinner or something? Yeah. We just went and got a burger and had a conversation and I don't know, it was just nice to hang out with, you know, people special to you, you know, I mean, that's the experiences and all of this is great, but it's even better to be able to share it, you know I mean? And sharing it with everybody is i mean it's it's great this is great to to do this you know mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm really glad she she was there you know yeah she's been supportive of me this you know i mean it's great yeah so cool uh, that your mom was there and right? bought yeah. you a burger at the completed the portage all right so you've you've completed all these portages some unmaintained and all of the maintained portages you also started collecting some data you were tracking your steps essentially and you've created within that data a digital map of the entire boundary waters and the portages how did that come to be was that part of the plan when you're going okay i'm out here living and you've been doing this 10 12 years now living in the boundary waters from may to october did you come up with the idea to map the portages or you know chicken and the egg what came first well there's a lot of not like a lot, but there's some inaccuracies with the portages when you're doing it on GPS um, with what they have currently, you know. So I was like, well, I'll track everything on foot and see how accurate it, you know, can truly become. And, uh, you know, now essentially, you know, I mean, like with this data, you can get yourself within 12 feet of any portage, you know, that, that I've done in the entire Boundary Waters, which is every portage plus a lot of them that, that aren't maintained, which... I like to explore and, uh, you know, I like, you know, it's nice to share that with people too. So they know that there's alternate options where they can go a little bit further in than what they might've actually, you know, usually planned and experience or, and explore a little bit more of what we have out there. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything yeah. like too specific about, uh, this portage is one of my favorites or this no. one is uh beautiful on you know, sunny days in June or so. <laughs> no, nothing like that. But it does it does have the uh elevations um that's embedded into the GPS data. So you can you can see that and then you can kind of rate it yourself. I don't I don't have specific uh comments on the portages on whether or not, you know, cuz you know, I mean it's it's more opinion based and uh mm-hmm. this is more just, you know, this is just factual GPS data, you know, that I'm trying to get out there and you know, I mean like my opinion on some of the portages, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't think a lot of them are that bad, you know, but I mean, like, I do them all the time. So to me, you know, I mean, it's my opinion is probably different than, than most, you know, um, 
but yeah, some of them that, you know, like I will, like if, if they are user maintained and really rough, you know, then I have that on there. So I put user maintained comma rough, you know, so then you know that you're essentially probably bushwhacking. But I mean, like in the spring, you know, before there's leaves and all the other foliage, you you can probably get through relatively somewhat easy mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> yeah. all right how about campsites uh while you're out there marking the portages did you also mark all the campsites so people know where they're at officially because those can be misplaced or changed or whatever on some of the maps as well right now campsites are omitted just to to give people an initiative for a reason to buy paper maps yet um just so that way you have a backup and, and you know that you need to have a backup you know because if, if you if you strictly rely on on the data, then I just, I felt that, that you wouldn't want, you know, to buy a paper map as much. So, I mean, it was just, it's a personal choice. You know, this gives the opportunity for uh, somebody to make it better, you know, because I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely possible, but uh, I just, I I just chose not to. Where could somebody get this map? It's, uh, we're kind of breaking the news here that you've completed this and that this will be available somewhere, but where is that somewhere? Yeah, it's still to be determined. Um, I still got, I still got to organize it a little bit and uh, figure out exactly um, how I'm going to set it up. If I'm going to, I'm planning on doing it in districts. Um, but uh, we'll see if that's. Well, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm planning on doing. So there'll be a total of four maps, um, or one complete one, and then. Uh, but I just got, I got to figure out a few more details on how essentially to the business aspect of it you know i'm just i'm just a guy out here roaming around in the woods i gotta (laughs) the business part i gotta learn yeah but i feel like i got the hard part done right you know this was this was definitely uh it was a time-consuming part it was a challenge Hmm. yeah but a fun one (laughs) (laughs) nice all right so you've completed all the portages in the somewhat near future you're going to have this available for purchase online somewhere and matthew and i on the podcast will let our listeners know when that becomes available uh, to be determined, it sounds like. But let's just step away from the overall context of all the portages and talk about this paddling season. We saw you last summer, last August, Matthew and I paddled out to Brule Lake and you were there and we ate a steak with our bare hands and uh, recorded a conversation in the larger context of what it is that brought you out there in the first place to the Boundary Waters, why you like it, why you keep coming back. Uh, let's talk just about this paddling season, though. How's how's it going? I mean, there's been all these reports of heavy mosquitoes and bugs are terrible and all that. How's your year going out there? No, yeah, year's going great. Um, I, I had actually this spring, I had some bear problems where I kept having bears come into my campsite. Um, tell not, us, tell us about that. What's a, what happened? Oh, it wasn't a big deal. I was just I had a bear walk up on me. I mean, I was probably I was probably three feet. You know, I mean, I was I was really close to it. Um, it just tried to steal my food bag right by me, and I just turned around and then, you know, looked at it kind of weird and it chased it off. But you know, you know they're coming back. You know, so that one came back like three or four times. So then I just ended up. What lake was that at? Uh, I was on Canoe Lake. Yeah. Yeah, north of the Gunflint there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, it just kind of, yeah, so then I come back. So then I just packed my stuff up, and then uh, I paddled around the lake until it got dark. And then there was another campsite on the lake that had a bear warning, but I knew the bear wasn't there, so then it was open. So I was like, okay, so I paddled around until it got dark, and then I went to that campsite, and then I got up early in the morning, and I left. Then I went to another campsite, and then the following morning I woke up, and there was a bear <laughs> climbing the tree that my food bag was in, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I double, I mean, I put all my stuff in Mylar bags, and I'm really, really careful with it, but 
I had something in there smelling good to him. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it was funny. So I just yelled at it, you know, a little bit, and then that one got down and ran away. So that was no big deal. Was that also on canoe, or where was that at? No, that was a little bit further down. I don't... I don't remember. So, somewhere in that yeah, East yeah, Bearskin yeah. Uh, territory there. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what about the bugs? So how, how have they been? I mean, there's thread after thread online and our own experiences. Uh, Matthew and I have a lot of bugs out there. Yeah, but, I mean, they're bad in places, you know. They're, if you spend time in the water during the day, you know, you can avoid a lot of the bugs. So just spend a lot more time in the water. It's usually sandy campsites i find are buggier so i try not to choose the can you know in open areas of course you know are better you know for less bugs you know so i do a lot of things to to divert the bugs but i mean i think about it a lot and and year to year when i think about my trips and everything like that bugs never cross my mind hmm. so in my opinion it's it doesn't change the game to me um i guess that's about as far as i think about it yeah. you know um do you wear deet or bug spray no no i just let them i just let them bite away and then i just usually once you know i'll get like you know however many mosquitoes biting me at a time right and then i'll just take my you know hands and i just roll it up and down my legs you know because i don't swat them you know i just roll them up and down which kills them right um so yeah i'll just roll it up and down once you get enough that hurt you know or whatever um they bite you. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got techniques on how to kill f- different flies, you know, so that part of it's take care of, like, horse flies and deer flies. It's just, they just pile up, just the bodies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, you told us last year that uh, you got bit by b- uh, numerous ticks, and uh, you got Lyme disease last year. How have the ticks been? I haven't noticed as many ticks this year. Uh, usually when I go through grassy areas, I, you know, I'll end up with quite a few of them on me, but I haven't notice as many ticks and i haven't noticed any deer ticks on me at all this year granted i've been uh, in cook county more in in the spring this year mm-hmm. which doesn't have as many cases as opposed to st louis or lake county mm-hmm. from what i understand it's in general you know news of the boundary waters we had the spice lake fire in june we had a campfire ban for a while do you find out about those things when you're living out there like word of mouth tell us about that I got a little pocket radio that I bring with, so I, I listen. WTIP? I do, I absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely I do. Uh, and I'm actually really disappointed that WLY isn't uh, mm. operating anymore because that was another great news source. Um, mm. But on my pocket radio, it does have the weather channel, um, which, yeah. which you get to listen to. Uh, also, you know, especially like on the Gunflint side over here, a lot of the times you'll get radio stations from either Ironwood, Michigan, or you mm-hmm. can either get them from Thunder Bay. Yep. Um, so you, you can still get, you know, the weather, um, somewhat, you know, so you just kind of base it off that. But the fire bands, definitely, I learned from, from your guys' station and then word of mouth out there. Cause if you're, you know, a lot of the time, sometimes I don't know, you know, but, but yeah, people will definitely tell you if there's a band and you're having a fire. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, you know. and as there's supposed to right but I mean, oh, some people are out on you those to, i mean you have to inform people mm-hmm. you know i mean well, especially especially when most people out here don't have that resource you know and don't have i've been doing this for a long time so i have you know the experience of a lot of different resources that i used to you know like well that and you know i mean i have cell reception that i can get in quite a few of the places now so i'll I'll jump on, you know, I'll climb a cliff, you know, or something like that. Cause usually, you know, you climb to the top of the peak of a mountain and you can get cell reception 
basically throughout almost the entire boundary waters if you get high enough mm-hmm. um and then you know you just just peek because if you know if it's really dry and you want to check because you want to be safe you know you don't want to be that one starting a fire yeah what about wildlife how's that been going moose you already talked a little bit about bears but uh wildlife in general how's that seeing a lot of cool stuff out there yeah yep yep moose uh, i've seen like 13 moose this year so that's going real good i haven't seen any fish or any martins this year which usually i see a few during the year so hopefully some of them are coming up and mm-hmm. then but uh lots of, yeah lots of cool stuff i guess lots of babies you know a lot of the babies swimming around baby birds swimming around and everything right now it's you know it's a great time you know it's infant season it's fun to be out here now because mm-hmm. you get to see all the baby animals yeah you showed me a photo before we started recording of a moose that was sleeping in a marshy pond back slough type thing. Yeah, yeah, well, it was a really hot day. It was one of them 90 or whatever, maybe if we hit 90. It was yeah. a hot day or whatever, you know, and I see tons, you know, that's when they come out in the water and just hang out and chill, you know, because, I mean, same as us, right? But, uh, yeah, so I just turned the corner and I was just sitting there. <laughs> I, I, I had to wake it up because I had to go through there, you yeah. know? So, I mean, like, I felt kind of bad, but, I mean, like, what do you do? It was a nice bull, real nice, yeah. Yeah, still in velvet, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm glad it got out of the way. <laughs> well, now we're, you know, getting deeper into July and berries are starting to pop. How's that going? Berries are going good. The blueberries are just starting to, to get ripe here. Raspberries, I've seen a couple of them starting to get ripe. Dewberries and service berries are, you know, they're in full effect. Strawberries, I've, I've still been finding some strawberries, you know, so good things are coming yet. You know, I mean, I have thimbleberries, of course, and blackberries, not yet. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, yeah, it's, they're coming. Cool. You know, you've said some things to us so over the years as, as we've been discussing the Boundary Waters and part of what you're doing by sharing where the portages are accurately is so that people are safe and, and that there's this a sense of community around what happens on the Boundary Waters. And you are very much a integral part of that because of the time that you spend in there. But you're also, you're interested, you're curious about other paddlers, even though by kind of the nature of what you're doing, it's a little bit reclusive you you are a solo paddler in the boundary waters but you're you're interested in people i think that's fascinating what's going on with that i get lonely yeah. <laughs> i'm a soloist i guess that's you know in the spring don't get me wrong i i i don't always you know i'll I'll shy away from from people sometimes and stuff which is just a part you know of, of me being out there by myself i guess that's just who i am you know i'm just you know i'm a quiet kind of you know reserved person but uh you know, once once I get lonely out there after being for a little while, I you know I definitely crave conversations. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm chasing people down. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm not really. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Huh? Yeah. Not till about September. Hey, you come find me. <laughs> yeah, about September. That's when that happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, any interesting uh, experiences that you've had or conversations that stood out for one reason or another this this summer, spring, summer? I've met, I mean, every, God, pretty much every day I meet, you know, interesting people up here and I try to share a little bit of my experiences with them or a little bit of knowledge of the woods and, you know, just share a small aspect of, you know, what I do up here with people. And, you know, I try to get something from them too, whether it be, you know, just a little bit of conversation or information about, you know, them. Because, I mean, we're all, you know, we all do different stuff and it's all equally important and special, you know. I try to take time for every single person out here, you know, because, you can't tell me that you come up here and you're in a hurry to go somewhere because you ain't going to get very, very much quicker there anyways. You know, like, what are you going to go three and a half miles an hour instead of three? Like, 
I always make the time to like wave to people and say hi because I mean we're all we're all out here because we love the we love it out here, right? So I just always try to make it make time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is that why you're out here? Why are you out here? Why do you come to the Boundary Waters every year? I don't know. I just like living in the woods. It's just as simple as that, you know. This is you know this is my happy place. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. It's always such a pleasure to sit down and be able to talk with you and you completed all the portages in the boundary waters canoe area wilderness uh, you have a map that's going to be coming out a digital map that will show people the steps you took literally where you went on these portages and uh, we'll keep our listeners informed about where they can find that when it becomes available appreciate your time we're we're talking with the barefoot paddler mark zimmer thanks mark thank you much Mark's been putting in a lot of effort for this passion project. It's really exciting to see him using his time in the wilderness for something that he wants to benefit the paddling community. That's what he's doing it for, is to share it. You know, he said some things to us. Matthew, you got to meet uh, Mark again when he was here in Grand Marais that day. And saying, you know, if we're not here sharing and doing good things for other people... What are we doing here? What's what's the point of all this if that's not kind of the core? Exactly. It's a, this person is motivated by connection, by the greater good, by being in service to humanity. Exactly. We talk about, again, getting back into glorifying things. He's the barefoot paddler and he lives in the Boundary Waters. That's sort of the general takeaway. A legend. But he's a sharp guy. He's interesting guy he's got a lot of deep thoughts on some cool things he's complex he's a complex person and even mark takes his complexity into the wilderness and has to reckon with it just like you joe fredericks and just like me mark told us uh this year for the first time that he's told it to me and we've been talking with him for years now i get lonely out there he's mentioned that without saying it directly, but it's important to name. Mm-hmm. Months and months in the wilderness gets lonely for him. Yep. I appreciate hearing that, especially after my experience uh, a few days before we got to talk with Mark, going out into the woods, having still been, I was still sick with COVID at the time, uh, but I was less contagious and had a little more energy, snuck off to the woods. Here's my experience. All right, out here on the edge of the wilderness, beautiful Homer Lake, half in, half out. This lake is when it comes to the Boundary Waters designation. There's a massive mosquito getting a drink of water, doing something. Dragonfly hovering over there, checking it out. It's not the best time of my life, quite frankly. I've been battling COVID all week. Very busy week at the radio station. We had the membership drive, our summer membership drive, celebrating 25 years of radio, and I've been homesick for all that and did some work at home, but that was about it. It's been cooped up with COVID. 
Uh, didn't really improve a whole lot physically. Didn't get too much worse or anything, but uh, mentally, I definitely did not improve throughout the course of the week. This being cooped up and, yeah, just not doing so great. So finally today on Saturday, just said to heck with it. I got to get out there and get in the canoe. It's been about a month since I've been in a canoe. Been gone out west and doing some travel and some work stuff. And, uh, yeah, just needed to get out here. So I don't know what's going to happen. I got some leeches and I'm going to go post up and either drop anchor or hop out somewhere on shore or something and pitch out the slip bobber and see what happens. Maybe it'll go down. Uh, the main thing is I needed to get out here. Interestingly enough, I got to the landing, drove from the house east of town by the Devil Track River and drove all the way up here to Homer and got out and wind had picked up and I was getting tired on the drive over here. Just COVID fatigue lingering and I almost went back home and thought about it saying you know I just got there it was too windy and I was just feeling too tired and needed to come home and sleep but I got the canoe down and just kept moving forward and now I'm out here and already feeling better just looking around it's so beautiful out here calm now behind this island where I tucked in to do some recording here so glad I stayed. Jeez, that would have been a total bust. The canoe is in a little bit of rough shape. That made it even more interesting getting it off. Our buddy Shug, the YouTube hammock camper, took this canoe out for a 10-day or something trip when I was out west. And Yoke got all busted up. No fault of Shug's. That had happened before to Dickus, and it's just rotten out. The yoke was no good. So now I just took it off, the whole thing off. Sugar kind of rigged up something with some paracord and blessed the man for persevering on his own trip and getting through that. But I uh, just disassembled the whole thing and took it off, ordered a new yoke already. So we'll get that going. But, uh, yeah, it just makes it awkward to get a canoe on the vehicle without the yoke and taking it off. Just, yeah, it was kind of a disastrous situation. Wasn't in the mood to laugh about the canoe falling on my head, but I'm already starting to kind of smile about it. Anyway, it's just great to be out here. We can be posted if we come into some fish and forget about all these COVID blues that are dragging me down. It's a fairly busy night out here on Homer. Typical for a July evening. There's two free campsites where you don't need a permit one's just on the edge of the wilderness and then there's one on a peninsula not too far away from it's on an island that one that's near the wilderness line they're beautiful campsites both of them are just fantastic and both occupied no surprise there big family on the peninsula they're just taking it easy looking out as i paddle by couple kids just kind of hanging dad in the background maybe pacing around a little bit grandpa or somebody else kind of up front on a lawn chair just living the good life out here it's taking it easy there's all these dragonflies out here so great to see they just haven't been any hardly at the house 
So out here already feeling pretty good. Just again to be out here. So glad I didn't turn back. So glad I had the initiative too to even come out here in the first place. No fishing yet. We're gonna kind of narrow down the fishing holes. There's a few good spots on Homer. Some kind of down near the end where that flows in from Vern or where that flow is down there. Uh, might be one of those other outlets. There's a few outlets down there on the far west end of Homer. And uh, some other spots off some ledges and stuff. So no shortage. That's the beauty of coming here. Is it's not like if somebody's, oh, they're in the spot. Yeah, it's the end of the day or it's a total bus. It's a good fishing lake, Homer is. Yeah, just... Like, thinking, too, about coming out, I, I put on some tunes paddling out. I don't always do that. In fact, usually when I'm paddling, I rarely do, only if it's an epic long haul and I've been kind of going for days or needing to get out of my head as I was today. I've just, like I said, been holed up in the writer's cabin at home for a week. I hadn't even left the house since Monday, and it's Saturday. And so it's just nice to get out here, but not just sit with my own rolling around the same thoughts <clears throat> line by bob dylan and some tune of his just keep recycling the same old thoughts and definitely been held up in that pattern for a bit here so threw on some tunes and uh that was nice and wilco and xavier rudd this australian musician and uh some other groups like that so yeah just a nice beautiful slow paddle out here <laughs> taking my time i was thinking you know there's no wrong thing basically when it comes to how you paddle like was feeling all kind of judgmental on myself like well maybe i should just embrace the nature and be in be in the moment joe and be at one with the trees and the water and you know all that kind of stuff and it's like no i'm putting on some tunes freaking get out of my head and like that's what i wanted to do it's not right or wrong and don't get so uh caught up boundary waters podcast listeners what matthew and i say or anybody that we have on here telling you how to do stuff do it your way do what works for you and switch it up if you need to you can do things differently i know sometimes there's some portages that are just brutal and do them a bunch and all over the wilderness that from mid-trail even or sometimes winter going out uh same lakes we've been out to and i'm going solo i'll put on the headphones i'll either listen to a podcast or i'll listen to tunes most often it just breaks it up a little bit like there's nothing wrong with that do it if you want to do your do your thing podcast listener all right let's go find a fishing hole here Got it narrowed down to where we're going to be fishing, or me, <laughs> out here in the solo. And uh, the sun's still pretty high in the sky, but there's a nice cloud bank there, so it should be not so bright, at least, here in the next 20 minutes, and then be getting on 7 o'clock after a while, so that's about time to put a line in in July, see how it goes. Uh, got some other news, geez, on top of like COVID funk. I mean, this just pales in comparison, obviously. But uh, I got back from this road trip I was talking about, and I saw that our pal Rick Slatten from the St. Louis County Rescue Squad, who I worked with extensively on this 
book about people who've died in the Boundary Waters that's coming out next May in 2024. And, like, Rick was just such a key figure in that book. I mean, there wouldn't be a book without Rick, let's put it that way. And he made his uh, appearance, I think it's first time on the podcast after the incident on the Temperance River on the fishing opener. Rick said that I was a hair's breath from dying and that's episode 91 if you want to go back. So anyway, Rick's just a great guy and somebody I got to know really well and his wife, his wife, Deb, passed away unexpectedly. She was 63. She was also involved with search and rescue in St. Louis County and Boundary Waters and um, reached out to Rick this week and just expressed my condolences and he's just crushed, devastated and just feel so bad for him. And they had this business together about search and rescue, and like it was just, yeah, he's just taking it, as he said to me, hour by hour now, but he was minute to minute earlier in the week. This just happened in late June. Man, you know, and I think that, you know, all this stuff, just kind of layer after layer, all these things that were like bringing me down. I was just not feeling good at all mentally and even physically with covid too this week i mean he's still tested positive even this morning saturday and just like what's the point thinking it's on and off like what's the point of all this this madness and death and near-death experience and the canoe in may and just the drama of life challenge of life and i was out here for an, an hour and felt so much better about pretty much everything. All that went away, that stinking thinking and being consumed, recycling my same stuff over and over, not getting anywhere, bringing other people down around me. What a gift this this is to have this in the backyard, the boundary waters, and how important it is to me. Man, I'm so happy. So happy to be out here tonight. Alright, let's go get a line in over here. Well, back to the landing. Just getting dark. And found some walleye. Quite a few of them, actually. But they were pretty small, all of them, so they're all swimming back in the lake. Probably caught a dozen or so. No keepers, and that's the way it goes. So get the canoe loaded up, head home, and uh, that's a day out here. You know, nothing miraculous happened as far as certainly the fishing. And uh, I guess probably not anything miraculous at all <laughs> in terms of some kind of complete, oh, wow, I came out here and now I'm just completely restored and this new person. This was something healthy to do to mix up the COVID blues. So that's that. And uh, we're going to battle some bugs and get on out of here. I know we joke sometimes, Joe, 
that you're just a simple person who, with a simple aim of getting in and catching fish. Mm-hmm. Even you're a complex human. I think that uh, that was pretty evident to me when I was out there. I'm going through these range of emotions. Oh, how good it feels to be back on the water. I kind of start out with that. And then I'm like thinking about Rick and his wife and his situation and, and death and these heavy things. And, oh, then I didn't catch that many fish. And maybe you can hear it as I'm walking out of the canoe back to the vehicle at the end. Like, well, the boundary waters didn't heal me today. It's just, I don't know. Life continues uh, even when you get out there. Even when you're in the boundary waters. I mean, I think like you said about Mark, the barefoot paddler, it's great to be inspired. Inspiration and the wilderness, they all do really important things for our well-being. But there is no silver bullet, no golden ticket. They're just... Inspiration and the wilderness are things that help us along the way, but they don't fix it. Yep. That's the work we got to do ourselves. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, you know, it's all part of the journey is the Boundary Waters for you and I and for Mark, Barefoot Paddler, has become a stepping stone on our pathway to wherever the heck we're headed. And I just am so grateful that it is a part of my journey. It's not the, I don't have to think of it as the solution to all my problems. Just a place it's part. Just a place, just a place it's part of, of my experience on this earth. Makes it a better experience. I just sing when I paddle canoe, feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Rule me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me in my dreams So I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light Campfire light all round, all round, all round the campfire light.